Come on, get some. It's uh, Friday on the morning show with Preston Scott. He's back. Sounding a little froggy, but he's back. He's a trooper. He's a gamer. He's a PTPer, baby. He's no type of dandy. It's great to uh, be with you this morning as we celebrate Friday the 16th of the month. Show 5098, day of 11, uh, day 1122, America and its embarrassment. Uh, our verse today, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Here is your simple challenge for the day. Push yourself out of the way and let Christ reign supreme. Let him be seen. Let him be heard. Ten minutes after the hour, it's the morning show with Preston Scott. The Morning Show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. All right, let's go inside the American Patriots Almanac for a little deep dive here. No more. That was President Thomas Jefferson's answer to the rulers of the Barbary states of North Africa. For centuries, those states had licensed pirates to attack merchant ships in the Mediterranean. The pirates not only captured booty, (laughs) that would be cargo and stuff, but also held crews for ransom or sold them in the market as slaves. Let me just pause and interject there that uh, history would record that the, the rulers of the Barbary states of North Africa would capture people and sell them into slavery. I'm just saying. It's a practice that was not invented here in the United States, contrary to what illiberals would have you believe. Um, European nations and the young United States had begun, had been paying Barbary rulers huge sums of money to protect their ships from pirates. It was an extortion racket. When Jefferson became president, he refused to pay the tribute. The Bashaw of Tripoli declared war and other Barbary rulers soon followed. In response, Jefferson sent Navy ships, you know, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. Late 1803, the USS Philadelphia ran aground off Tripoli's harbor. Pirates captured it, so on February 16, 1804, young Stephen Decatur, lieutenant, launched a raid to keep the uh, Tripolitans, sorry, from using the ship. Disguising themselves as Maltese sailors, Decatur and his men, who included several U.S. Marines, sailed into Tripoli Harbor, boarded the Philadelphia, attacked its crews, set the ship ablaze, and sailed away. Come on. 
Great British Admiral Horatio Nelson reportedly called the exploit the most bold and daring act of the age. Next year, a motley army of U.S. Marines, sailors, and Greek and Arab mercenaries struck again. They marched 500 miles across the Libyan desert to take coastal town of Derna with the help of three U.S. warships. From this victory, the Marine hymn takes the line to the shores of Tripoli. Marine officers still wear the Mameluk swords shaped by the Arab scimitars. By the summer of 1805, the Bashaw of Tripoli had had enough. Jefferson's willingness to stand up to the rulers and their pirates had triumphed in America's first war on terror. Or as George W. Bush would say, terror. In the Middle East. So that was this date in 1804. The uh, raid of uh, Stephen Decatur. Decatur, Illinois. There are other towns named Decatur. 1852, Henry and Clement Studebaker found a wagon-making business in South Bend, Indiana, became a famous automobile manufacturer eventually. 18, uh, 1937, Wallace Carruthers, research chemist for DuPont, receives a patent for nylon. And lastly, on this date, 1945, American troops recaptured the Bataan Peninsula in the Philippine Islands almost three years after the infamous Bataan Death March. You met a survivor of the Bataan Death March. 16 minutes after the hour in the morning show. Let's circle back to a discussion we had yesterday with Steve Stewart. And I want to illustrate to you how the illiberal extremist progressives in this community think and operate because I can demonstrate it. First of all, if you live in the city of Tallahassee, you vote in city elections, you darn well better get through your brain That what happens in this next set of elections will have everything to say about the short-term and long-term future of this community. Because if illiberal progressives get their way, this community will change for the worse. And all you need do is look at what's happened in the left coast, in Portland, in Seattle, and imported here, because that's their goal. We heard about your tax dollars being used by Jack Porter to travel to these uber leftist conferences that are designed to cut police budgets. Designed to transform communities in disastrous ways. But I promised an illustration. Leon County Commissioner David O'Keefe, who's like a BFF with Jack and and uh, Jeremy Matlow, another city uh, commissioner. Jack Porter, by the way, for those of you that you know may not fully understand, is a female. 
and Jeremy Matlow. You know, it, early on, they portrayed themselves as, you know, pro-business and you know, no, 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 no. So on the Leon County Commission, you have one flaming leftist, it would appear, and that's David O'Keefe. He took the seat when um, Kristen Dozier ran against John Daly for mayor. Now, there's video of him jumping a fence that had been connected to fencing that clearly stated no trespassing. The portion of the fence, it would appear, that he jumped over did not have the sign, but the fence pieces on either side of it did. He told WCTV, I would never and did not jump over any construction site fence with a no trespassing sign on it. He would not discuss the issue further out of respect for the investigation. Whatever. They've taken the video down. Of course, not proud of that video anymore. But you'll notice the wording. In his mind, and and based on what I have seen at the site, driving by it and so forth, it's one of those deals where it's a fence that's chain link fence that has sections that are connected to each other. And this section says, do not trespass. The next section doesn't. The next section does. The next section doesn't. But they're all connected. Now, my personal guess is that a judge would say, um, that's pretty clear. And that's the thing. It's very clear. But they're legalists. And they will try to make the argument, yes, but the portion of fence I jumped over did not have a sign on it. That may be but it was connected to other parts of the fence that did. So any any really rational human being would understand that you don't have to have a sign every three feet. That if it's all a barricade and it's all connected, it's pretty clear. Here's why I'm bringing this up. Folks, especially those that live in the East and in... Southwood and in Killarn and Oxbottom and out on Bannerman. If you're in the city city limits, you better understand what's at stake here. Point one, pay attention to the races because they will matter. Number two, boundaries matter. And you can think about de-annexing. This is The Morning Show with Preston Scott. Thirty-five minutes past the hour. Big stories in the press box time. Brought to you by Restore Carpet Care and Tile. Grant Allen back in the saddle. Jared, very grateful that Grant Allen is back in the saddle. He had a he had a day yesterday. <laughs> he went from our show to uh, recording a, a show for uh, a group that 
that does a program on our sports station, The Spear, to his show, to FSU women's basketball, and he was praying hard. I don't know how much of a praying man Jared was until yesterday, but uh, he was praying hard for Grant to come back in today, and lo and behold, look at you. You're here. A part of me feels like I'm here. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be taking your calls for What's the Beef in just a little bit. Big stories. Um, And I'm going to expand on one here in just a minute. But uh, yesterday, passing the House 113-3. to So what does that tell you? Pretty strong support. It's a lot of people. 113 to 3. You can't hog the left lane anymore. If this passes the Senate and it's passed all of its committees, now a final vote is pending in the Senate, it would become law January 1st next year. You may not hog the left lane unless you're passing, taking an exit, as in making a left hand turn. Or pulling over for an emergency vehicle, meaning it's on it's on the right median and you're you're pulling over. The law applies to roadways with two or more lanes and a speed limit of at least sixty five miles per hour. It does not apply to high occupancy vehicle lanes. It also exempts lanes already designated as left turn lanes. So there you go. It will be a moving violation if you're just sitting in the left-hand lane. Let's think of some of the reasons. No, let's not. That that would just take up time. But, but I mean, there are people that go in the left-hand lane because the right-hand lane is all junked up. It's rough, and the left lane is smoother, so they'll move over. Can't do that anymore. It's going to be interesting. Passing uh, the House Infrastructure Strategies Committee 25-zip. No more handheld device while driving. Out of your hands and in a cradle or you're not, it's just not going to be in your hands. Right now, it's... um, It's likely to pass the Senate. There's similar legislation in the Senate. But if it passes a committee 25-0, it's going to happen. Now, the question becomes, will law enforcement have the will to enforce it? They haven't thus far. So, you know, I have maintained that the, the handheld thing and you can't text, it's people are doing it anyway, only it's more dangerous because instead of having the phone up, where they can look through their phone and see the road. They've got it down on their lap. They're down, so they're trying to hide it. It's going to happen, though. According to sources from Customs and Border Protection, 20,000 Chinese nationals have entered this country illegally since the start of the fiscal year in October. October, November, December, January. 20, that's 5,000 a month. 90% in the San Diego sector. Mm -mm, mm -mm -mm. 
One more big story. You know the name William Bach? B-O-C-K? William has just fired a shot over the bow of the NCAA as it relates to transgender sports. I will tell you about that next. 40 minutes past the hour. He's Grant on Preston. It's the morning show. What's the beef in the third hour? Lots of content between then and now. On the blog page, I've got the Super Bowl ad they could have made. Got it up. Link to the show that we discussed, the He Gets Us campaign, which is watered-down rubbish. Best of intentions? Maybe, maybe not. But you know what they say about intentions. Pathway of good intentions leads straight to hell. Just saying. Now let's get back to William Bach. William Bach, former general counsel for the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, quit the NCAA last Friday. Did you know that? No, of course not. Why did he leave after eight years? Keep in mind now, this is one year into Charlie Baker's reign. And Charlie Baker is not warmly received in many quarters. He is considered to be maybe the worst leader the NCAA's ever had. And there are some bad ones. But he has left because of the NCAA's refusal to protect girls' sports. Washington Examiner obtained his letter of resignation, quoting, Although I may not have agreed with the wisdom of every rule in the NCAA rulebook, I believe the intent behind the NCAA rules was competitive fairness, protection of equal opportunities for student-athletes. This conviction has changed as I have watched the NCAA double down on regressive policies which discriminate against female student-athletes. In his objections, he details the current requirements to participate in women's sports, which are based on testosterone levels, not on an athlete's passage through puberty. While a growing number of international sports bodies recognize that hormones are just one part of the problem, the NCAA, he accuses of not adjusting its restrictions. He said those changes that you get through development, this is box letter, they don't go away. And you're going to reduce performance by a small amount if you reduce testosterone levels, but you're never going to bridge the gap between men and women. And so it's a ruse to say that testosterone suppression, it's a level playing field. So it's not true. As someone who's woked against doping, he insists his mere presence in sport, in a sport integrity role is compromised when there's, quote, massive, essentially authorized cheating taking place and dramatically harming women. 
I needed to resign with the hope that maybe it will cause other people to look at this issue more closely. Just this past week, a biological boy in New Hampshire literally jumped over the girls to win the high jump championship. It's happening all across the country. We've documented on this show. So the question becomes, will it matter? Will a high-ranking official with the NCAA resigning publicly talking about, well, his letter has been leaked, so it's now public. Will he go out and start doing interviews? My guess is yes. My guess is if his wish is that his resignation will make a difference, he'll hit the interview circuit. Trust me when I say I will do everything in my power to get him on this show. Back with more of The Morning Show. It's The Morning Show with Preston Scott. I love perusing for stories for Friday. I feel a sense of obligation Monday through Thursday to just be sure that I'm I'm putting in front of you what is most important, what is most interesting, but but I, most important probably takes the uh, takes the lion's share of the slots and the stories. Although we'll we'll certainly try to diversify into things that are just a little lighter and so forth. Friday's just a little different because I just feel like Friday's show needs to have that feeling to it for the most part. And so I came across this story on Red State written by Brad Slager. Just an opinion writer. Here's the headline. Woke, meet, broke. Miami bookshop that infamously chased out a Fox News journo is now closing its doors. You remember that story? He said, look, I'm not inclined to tell a business how to how to run their operation. You know, I mean, it's it's their money, their venture, run things as you see fit. If anything, I've encouraged this brand of self-reliance. Often when leftist activists command that a business cater to a particular group or forcibly demand particular levels of inclusion, I've stated that if they feel that strongly about this being a viable plan, then they should back their thoughts with their own cash and sweat equity and go for it. And then he describes the rather bohemian-themed business in Miami, Paradise, and maybe, maybe it's meant to be pronounced paradise, but it's Paradise. Books opened in 2021. It's a bookshop, wine emporium that served food and encouraged communal setting with an avowed left-leaning flair. He said, notice the past tense. About a year ago, news spread of the proprietors demanding that a Fox News personality, Gianno Caldwell, leave. They declared hearing Caldwell and his guests discussing topics they disagreed with, and it warranted their expulsion from the business. Caldwell posted about his experience on social media. A wave of reaction followed. 
What's striking about the incident, writes Slager, is who was the aggressor? The shop had proclaimed that forms of harm and or oppression will not be tolerated, and yet here they were telling a black patron he was not welcome. It seems that on the laundry list of categories they sought to support, the one thing not listed was conservatism. Turns out that is something that cannot be tolerated. Tellingly, we once again see that amid claims that Trump, Republicans, Fox News, or conservatives in general are fueling the divisiveness, the intolerant actions are coming from the left. Miami Times writes, Caldwell's group had been talking about women in degrading ways as well as using eugenic arguments around their thoughts on Roe versus Wade and that their behavior and their words made other folks in the space as well as one of us working very uncomfortable. The owners of Paradis described themselves as a Marxist Miami wine bar. The owners in their note explaining their closing wrote, To our haters, we suppose congratulations are in order. So you can go ahead and stop reading now. Taking no responsibility for what they did. If, if, they, if they wanted to just cater to, and they thought that catering to, this fringe, weak, extremist group was a smart business model, then the exclusion of this group should have just paved the way to success, right? I mean, doesn't that make sense? You're, you're opening a business to make a profit and to stay open. They didn't last three years because they played to a fringe extremist, not even a minority, a minuscule group. That's not to say that those people shouldn't be welcome in an establishment. What it is to say is that when intolerance is part of your business model, and you kick out the people that have the most discretional discretional income, it doesn't bode well for your future success if you're running a business. And so this is a very important lesson for everybody. Don't cater to this group. Paradise Books is the latest example. Five minutes after, it's hour two of the Friday edition of the Morning Show with Preston Scott. I'm Preston, that's Grant. Good morning. How are you? Hey, by the way, we are off on Monday. President's Day. And uh, we'll be back on Tuesday with uh, Sal Nuzzo, as well as uh, some thoughts. I, uh, I got some pretty direct pushback from the John Birch Society about my advocacy of the Convention of States. They are anti and um, I'll talk about that a little bit on Tuesday and um, go from there. But I, I had wanted to set aside a little more time. Tony Bobolinsky spoke to the House Oversight and Judiciary Committees on Tuesday. Rather than go back to 2010, uh, 2010, 2020 and play what he shared in October, 
press conference. I personally think that when you hear him talk, you know when someone's just telling you the truth. No notes. Boom. He's just going. And when he spoke to lawmakers, he said he was appearing out of duty to God and country in a nonpartisan matter. He said, I've made a few contributions over the years to Democrats, such as Congressman Ro Khanna, member of the Oversight Committee. Went on to say, I have tried to tell the American people the truth about serious corruption at the very top of their government. In return, I've been falsely accused of Turning the page here, sorry, it's sticking here. A purveyor of Russian disinformation, a political surrogate. My continuous efforts to inform the American people of the facts have been actively suppressed by both the United States government and the so-called mainstream media. He began to then tie together how this whole scheme worked with Joe Biden being the brand that was sold by the Biden family in their business dealings. Quoting, his family's foreign influence peddling operation from China to Ukraine and elsewhere sold out to foreign actors who were seeking to gain influence and access to Joe Biden and the United States government. Joe Biden was more than a participant in and a beneficiary in his family's business. He was an enabler. Despite being buffered by a complex scheme to maintain plausible deniability. He said the only reason these business transactions took place is because Biden was vice president of the United States. The Biden family business, he said, was Joe Biden, period. He said key players have made this point clear, including Hunter Biden, who adamantly stated in a variety of communications, as did another Biden family business associate, Devin Archer, in his testimony last year. He said foreign nationals on the other side of these transactions, including China, Ukraine, Romania, have also explained how and why these transactions took place. He begged them to remove your partisan hats today and focus on one party, the United States of America. And then he shared four critically important facts. One, Joe Biden was aware of transactions that he called the CEFC. It's a Chinese company that was, for all intents and purposes, owned by the Chinese Communist Party. Joe Biden was aware of these transactions, enabled it, and had a constitutional responsibility and obligation to the American people to shut it down before it began. This is because the CEFC, this is quoting now, had been identified as a known surrogate of the Chinese Communist Party by the United States government and prosecutors in the Southern District of New York as far back as 2016, possibly earlier. I would encourage Congress to gather all of the exact facts and dates. It is clear to me that alarm bells should have been going off and the Obama-Biden White House and the Joe Biden should have been aware that his own administration had flagged CEFC as a tool of the Chinese Communist Party. This should have made any business transaction a non-starter. 
He goes on to talk from there. We'll share that next here on The Morning Show with Preston Scott, 10 minutes past the hour. Preston Scott. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. On News Radio 100.7, WFLA. Tony Bobolinsky's testimony states I personally met with Joe Biden in Los Angeles in May of 2017 multiple times to discuss the broad contours of our business dealings. The only reason Joe Biden met with me privately during the Milken Institute Global Conference and seated me at his head table was because I was a business associate of the Biden family. Two, Joe Biden's immediately immediate family members were enriched to the tune of tens of millions of dollars from some of our most dangerous adversaries, including the Chinese Communist Party, players from Russia, Ukraine, Romania, Kazakhstan, and other foreign nations and entities. It is my educated belief that dating back to Q clearance briefings I received in the Navy and continuing through recent discussions with experts that under U.S. corruption laws, political office holders can be held as responsible as the immediate family members who are receiving money directly. This makes common sense and Americans understand this. Three, the Biden family. Joe's son Hunter, his brother Jim, knowingly and aggressively defrauded me as the CEO of Sinohawk Holdings and as a member of the Oneida Holdings LLC at the end of July 2017. They put Joe Biden and the rest of the Biden family smack in the middle of a $9 billion transaction between Russia and China involving Qatar, specifically the Qatar Investment Authority, and help the CEFC navigate through various issues before Patrick Ho, the CEFC executive, was arrested for corruption in New York in November 2017. Joe Biden's status as the head of the family served as served an enforcement role, for example, when Hunter stated deliberately that his father Joe was sitting right next to him while demanding immediate payment of $10 million CEFC had committed to the Biden family, as well as when Hunter demanded CEFC circumvent Sinohawk Holdings. The Biden family violated their fiduciary duties to Sinohawk and Oneida as they enriched themselves at the CEFC trough. And finally, four, United States law enforcement appears to have been singularly unwilling to speak with me or to hear facts we will be discussing today. I have, listen to this, I have never been contacted to provide testimony nor asked to speak with anyone connected with Joe Biden's administration, including his Department of Justice, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the Internal Revenue Service, or local law enforcement. That includes U.S. US Attorney David Weiss for the District of Delaware or any of the several grand juries I know were convened after my name became publicly known. On October 23rd, 2020, I voluntarily walked into the Washington field office of the FBI with several phones containing years of encrypted communications between me and numerous members of the Biden family and their associates. That conversation, which was subject to false statement statutes, lasted many hours and was never followed up upon by anyone in government or law enforcement in any way. 
This was testimony given Tuesday of this week. Joe Biden should not just be not reelected. Joe Biden should be arrested. He should be charged with felonious crimes. And perhaps among them treason. But at the very least, the evidence, this, this is, I almost feel like I'm looking at the Adelson trial. The evidence is overwhelming. What are people waiting for? 16 minutes after the hour. Twenty one minutes past the hour. What's to be Friday comes up next hour. Get some things off your chest. Enjoy your weekend. Some polling here that's interesting, and and you know, we will be paying a little more attention as we get closer and closer to the summer when the primaries will have run their course and we start getting closer to the the conventions for Republicans and Democrats and of course. There is no predicting what's going to happen with the Democrats. I think we can pretty well predict what's going to happen with the Republicans. But among the polling that's out there that's interesting is one of the squad members, Corey Bush, is, uh, is in trouble. Now, this could be a pick-your-poison thing because her challenger is Wesley Bell. Bell is a... George Soros-backed prosecutor. He was going to run against Josh Hawley for the U.S. Senate in Missouri, but instead switched and is now running against Cori Bush. Right now, it shows him with 50% support compared to 28%. Now, the polling is real sketchy with a plus-minus of better than 4 4.5%. But regardless, it's it's an interesting development um nothing would make me happier than to see squad members kicked out of course again this could be a pick your poison thing this has just got to be the most ridiculous district in the world to have elected cory bush and then to have as the only potential challenger a george soros backed prosecutor But the other interesting set of polls that I saw, you know, Republicans have done poorly since 2016. They performed poorly all across the Trump years. They performed poorly when it was supposed to be the the big red wave. Nothing like that happened. Democrats are focused on ballots. Republicans are focused on votes. There's a difference. Democrats have leveraged mail-in voting and are taking advantage of it. Republicans are not embracing it because they're fighting it. I would be of the mind to embrace it while you fight it. 
But that said, polling is coming out now, and this is fascinating to me. Michigan, in a general election poll between just Trump and Biden, Trump is plus two, 47 to 45. Now, again, you just go back to how in the world can 45% of the, how many of that 45% are voting against Trump versus for Biden? I, I would love to know that. But this is interesting. In a race, including other potential names on the ballot, Trump has a five-point lead. 42% to 37% with Kennedy getting 11%. So, Kennedy pulls from Biden slightly more than he pulls from Trump in, in Michigan. And that's that's a little different. North Carolina, very much the same. It, it looks almost identical. So as of right now, when they when they do some number crunching on where things sit in state polls, real clear politics running a current electoral math equation. And as of now, Trump has 293 electoral votes of the 270 needed, with Biden at 245. Not the mandate, not the not the landslide that I think will be required for a Republican to win a general election. I think the numbers have to get overwhelming. So we'll see. We'll see if anybody on the on the Republican side of things will will ever consider paying attention to those of us out there that are saying you better message. You better you better do a better job of convincing the low and shallow information voters, or else you're in trouble. Um, don't ever don't ever doubt the Republicans' ability to fumble away a football to to. Instead of taking a knee, trying to run a play, and then fumbling and giving it to the opposition to run back for a touchdown. Hello, Herman Edwards. 27 minutes after the hour. Back with the big stories in the press box. Preston Scott. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. On News Radio 100.7, WFLA. Big stories in the press box brought to you by Restore Carpet Care and Tile. Yeah, it's uh, it's breaking news. A uh, an opponent of Vladimir Putin has died in prison. A shock. He survived a poisoning. He had um, he'd been serving a 19-year sentence on charges of extremism. According to the Federal Penitentiary Service, felt unwell after a walk and lost consciousness. Ambulance arrived to try to revive him. Uh, arrived, tried to re- revive him, but he died. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Whatever. <laughs> oh man, you can't make it up. All right, big stories in the press box this morning. And uh, again, our thanks to Restore Carpet Care and Tile. 
What do you think of the don't block the left lane legislation? It passed 113 to 3 in the House. It's going to pass in the Senate. And it would take effect January 1st, a year from now. So if you're in the middle lane, you got three lanes. No big deal. Going eastbound, whatever. And you're in the middle lane. You're fine. Okay. It's the left lane. Two lanes or more. Left lane. You better be passing or move on over. Period. End. Now, this gets back down to the other piece of legislation, which is a big story in the press box, which has passed a, a committee, 25 zip. It's a bill filed by uh, Democrat Allison Tant, who represents the Tallahassee area. 1469, we've talked about it with Sal. Prohibiting drivers from using handheld devices in their cars. You can have them. They can be mounted, but you can't hold them. Ergo, be distracted. This all is going to be determined by, is it going to be enforced? Will the left lane Nazis that are out there Will, will it be enforced? Will truck drivers, and this has been a common complaint, not just me, but every driver that's ever gone cross-country on an interstate, the truck drivers that move over and they don't pass another truck, they just sit in the left lane and block traffic for miles behind them. It might be grade that fights them, meaning an upgrade and they can't get enough speed to pass. I have mixed feelings about this whole left lane thing. There's a part of me that's like, yeah, I get it. It's it's a pain in the in the rear to watch people just sit in the left-hand lane. But will it be enforced? How will they let n- motorists know? What's the cost going to be to put signage up? You know, we have signs in Florida that reminds you to pull over uh, and that if you don't pull over to the side when uh, and by pull over, I mean, if there's an emergency or a car pulled off to the side or a highway patrolman ticketing somebody on the side of the road, you have to move to the left hand lane. You have to you have to you have to do everything you can or slow down. If traffic is such that you can't move over, then you slow down. There's signs that tell you that. In Florida, it's state law. Who's going to enforce this? Uh, Chinese nationals illegally entering the country, 20,000, 5,000 a month since October. What's up? No, really, what's up? What's up with that? That's, that's pretty significant, I think. And uh, Tony Bach, not Tony Bach. William Bach, NCAA administrator, high-ranking official, has quit because of their unwillingness to protect women's sports. Will this begin the process of the NC2A doing the right thing? They haven't had the courage to do it yet. Bunch of cowards anyway. But maybe. Who knows? We'll see. Come back, talk about special menu disclosures. And welcome to The Morning Show with Preston Scott. Has it happened to you 
where, you know, my wife was up in Ohio. And she called in to order a pizza for her family, picked it up. When she goes in to pick it up, I'm, I'm, I might have a, a few little minor details here wrong, but she's basically told, well, you know, if you asked for the special, you could have gotten that pizza for $4 less. Well, why didn't you tell me when I called? The guy basically says, I don't have time to do that. Really? Okay. Then I heard a story that blew my mind. It's not even Valentine's Day. It's the weekend before. And a restaurant in the capital city here. is taking reservations, as they always do, for nighttime dining. It's the weekend. Valentine's Day is Wednesday. It's the weekend before. Five days earlier. And so reservations made. And they get there. And they just want to order what is normally on the menu. But the couple is told, you can't do that. It's a Valentine's special, and it's a limited menu. The only way you can have the regular menu available to you is if you would have told us that when you made the reservation. Wife says, "Uh, how was I supposed to know when I called to make a reservation? Why didn't someone tell me? Would you like the regular menu or the special Valentine's menu? They left. Despite really being in the mood for melted cheese and goodies. You know, you know what I mean. What the heck? People. If you have a business... And you are in the world of customer service. And someone makes a reservation and you know you're not offering the menu that you offer most every single night. It would be available if someone asked for it, though. It's not like you call in, well, you know, thank you for calling, blah, 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 blah. What night? Okay, now on that night, we have just a special menu. Don't you feel a need to disclose that? This goes back to customer service. Just stinks. What's wrong with you people? You tell someone. How else are they going to know? This reinforces why it's so hard to eat out today. I had a feeling you were going to go there. Yeah, that's where my mind goes. Because this is not isolated. It's not a one-off. No. It's not an outlier. Correct. And it's not 
you know, each place of dining would have like a different particular kind of issue. But it all is symptomatic of like this. I can get a much more pleasant experience by getting this to go or not even going and just cooking something at home. I mean, depending on you, your spouse, the two of you together, you, you can easily come to the conclusion, look, if I want bad service, I'll give it to myself. That's right. <laughs> I'll treat myself like crap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. I have enough self-respect. But how dumb is it to to have a situation like that and not just disclose it when someone's make when you require reservations? For the most part. First, that's rare. So even more bad on you when you require reservations, i.e. people calling in, and you don't disclose that. You don't... How was how was I supposed to know I needed to request the regular menu five days before Valentine's Day? It just... I had made a note about this when I heard about this story, and it was like, yeah, I've got I got to discuss this on Friday. All right, we're going to get you ready for What's the Beef. Trust me, we will. Tell you what, Fannie Willis is certainly getting really unhappy having to testify. She's the prosecutor up in Georgia trying to make life miserable for Donald Trump. Meanwhile, she didn't expect the spotlight to get turned on her and her illicit affair with uh, someone that's in her office, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know the full story, but... The guy who's prosecuting. Right? Yeah. What, the Wade guy? He's like the guy that's prosecuting against Trump, I think. So, that's what I mean. She, the guy is in her office. She's she's the DA, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw her throwing she, that temper tantrum, too. Oh, my gosh. That was funny. It It, it was. Now... This was sent to me by a listener, and it was interesting because this is Tucker Carlson when he was interviewing Vladimir Putin. He and his crew were in Russia for a week. And what they do apparently when they go somewhere to to film is that they go buy a week's worth of groceries to Hmm. feed the crew. I saw this video too. And uh, here's Tucker at the grocery store in Russia. I went from amused to legitimately angry. Um... So we were guessing what this would cost. Everybody here is from the United States, buys groceries, and we didn't pay any attention to costs as we were just putting in the cart what we would actually eat over a week. And we all came in around 400 bucks, about 400 bucks. Um, it was $104 US here. And that's when you start to realize that ideology maybe doesn't matter as much as you thought, corruption. If you take people's standard of living and you tank it through filth and crime and inflation, and they literally can't buy the groceries they want. At that point, maybe it matters less what you say or whether you're a good person or a bad person. You're wrecking people's lives in their country, and that's what our leaders have done to us. And coming to a Russian grocery store, the heart of evil, and seeing what things cost and how people live, it will radicalize you against our leaders. That's how I feel anyway, radicalized. We're not making any of this up, by the way, at all. Hmm. Now, I want to use that to circle back to something we shared earlier this week, trusting that many of you missed it. And it was a screenshot of 
numbers from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. So these are federal government numbers, and they were shared on Fox News, and a listener just was stunned, froze the picture, and took a picture of it, sent it to me. Since January 2021, what happened in January of 2021? Oh, yeah, the resident was installed in the Oval Office to January 2024. 21, 22, 22, 23, 23, 24, three years, three years. The cost of shelter is up. 18.7%. The cost of electricity is up 27.1%. Separate that from the cost of energy, which is a broader figure or a broader category, 32.8% increase. Just a, a tick under a third higher. Food is a third higher. 33.7% higher. Overall inflation under Joe Biden in three years is up 17.6%. Are your wages up 17.6%? Are your wages up 33.7% or 32.8% or 27.1% or 18.7%? To catch up? What's to be Friday is now. Call in. The lines are wide open. 850-205-WFLA. 
the citizens of Tallahassee better wake up, and they better wake up quick because it's clear what uh, Jack Porter, Jeremy Matlow, and David O'Keefe intend to do. And all they got to do is get their their stooge, Dorothy Inman, in there. And I know you may go back far enough, uh, Preston, with Dorothy Inman, but yep. uh, uh, she she's you know she started the the corruption before uh, uh, some of the others were uh, put in the mayor's office. I'm just uh, you know I hope you hammer this every week. I am going to hammer it as much as I can. Um, I hope Ajax, and I hope the the you know we don't get a judge that doesn't have any any uh, uh, fortitude, so to speak. And I think he should be charged with a, a felony, and I think he should be thrown thrown off the commission and, and send him send a message. Thanks very much. Appreciate it, George. It opens up a line, 850-205-WFLA. Let's go to Joel. Joel, good morning, and what's the beef? How can we help? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my beef is anybody who's not going to watch Preston Scott speak at the rally and tally next Tuesday. That's it. <laughs> that that's <laughs> uh what's what, what what time is that weirdo getting on uh sometime between one and three o'clock in the afternoon at the north plaza <laughs> way to narrow it down joel um hey now you the, the meeting is in the courtyard not on the steps of the old Capitol, right it's going to be in the plaza called the north plaza that's where everything's going to be going to happen all right sir thanks Mark very much going to be there and seamus bruner and you Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna be there. Yes, sir, I will. Joel, thank you. I appreciate it. I know who that is. He was uh, he was kind enough to extend the invite. I'm getting a lot of pushback from the John Birch Society, um, which I'll talk about more on Tuesday. But uh, I might wear that as a badge of honor. But let's go back to the phone lines uh, again. Lines open eight five zero two zero five WFLA. Gary, thank you for being patient this morning. And uh, what do you have on your mind? What's your beef, man? My beef is a disappointing Valentine's Day dinner. Uh oh. Now I know it's the busiest day of the year. I know everybody's tired. Everybody in the restaurant business is working hard because I did that for twenty five years of my life. Okay, so been there, done that. Okay. With that said. My wife asked for one thing for Valentine's Day. She asked for a nice, dressed-up, high-end dinner. We uh, <clears throat> we got in her vehicle and drove from down by Wakola Springs all the way to Bainbridge. Went to a really nice, well, well-reviewed restaurant. Um, and the thing that sticks out in my mind about the uh, the best thing I ate at the restaurant was the broccoli. Uh-oh. Yeah, massive steaks, but cooked cooked just the way you ordered them, but tough and tasteless. Ugh. And, uh, you know, I mean, very nice people. Met the proprietors, both proprietors. Met, the, you know, the staff. Very nice people, the staff. And it may, in, in all fairness, it may have just been a one-off. It gotcha. may have just been, it, it may have just been a one-off, but... When you uh, when you you decide to shell out some money on a special dinner and you go someplace that's rated really high, you want the steak to taste better than Texas Roadhouse. I got you. Let me ask you this question before we go here: Are you going to give them another try? Probably at least one more try. It is a high end restaurant. Yep. We are trying to watch our budget, sure. so it won't be anytime soon. But. 
The ambiance was beautiful. As I said, the proprietors and the staff were excellent. Um, Bad it, cut of it, beef. I felt like I achieved my wife's goal of a nice dressed up dinner night out. Um, it's not about it the just, steak. It's about the person on the other side of the table anyway, right? That's right. Got to make her happy. There you go, Gary. Thanks very much, brother. Appreciate that. Diplomatically done. And yeah, you can just get a bad cut of steak. No doubt about it. You got to get one with the right amount of marbling. So you get those fat, juicy flavors you're looking for. All right. 11 minutes past. Dale. Wait, Ron. Then Dale. Then Tony. And what? There's an open line. Call now, 850-205-WFLA. Write him at Preston at iHeartRadio.com. Welcome to The Morning Show with Preston Scott. Let's do it. Let's get some more calls in. We ran a little long in that segment, so we'll try to make up for time here. And, Ron, you're up. What's the beef? Yes, Mr. Preston. Thank you, thank you. Never can not start that without so everybody should say thank you thank you and you know just the law has become lawless we got the guy down there said he's not divorced in because he says you know whatever he thinks we have people jumping the fences where you know the sign says don't jump the fence it's crazy well you know it, the, the list how did the list never stops you know it, it goes on and on and on and on but this just that's my point the law from the bottom to the top has become lawless. And, you know, like Kamala said the other day, talk about the facts. Well, she needs to ask Joe. Remember, the facts aren't true. It's their truth that is true. That's the way they say anyway. But thank you very much, Preston. I, I appreciate, you know, the spurting of what I can every week just to get this off my chest. We're here for you, brother. Thanks very much. Hang tough. We appreciate the call. Let's go to Dale. Dale, you're up. Good morning, Preston. Morning. Hey, I like my... I like my broadcasters to exhibit professionalism, not unlike Preston Scott. But I think you're awesome. Um, but the television station that I've listened to uh, or watched since 1969, that's my recollection, for the past couple of years has had a person on the anchor desk in the mornings that um, they can't read a teleprompter, and they Uh-oh. don't get any better. Uh-oh. And they read phonetically. Oh, stumble on words yeah. and it's just disappointing so i'm curious as to why that person is kept on the desk it has to be for reasons other than talent could be i don't know obviously i'm not watching that stuff because i'm busy doing what we do but you know what dale it is a all too common problem in today's broadcast world um people that just aren't really gifted for what they're trying to do agreed yeah. You know what? It's interesting because with young people, you got to give them time to grow. But when you're observing over, like you mentioned, two years and they're not growing and they're not getting better, <clears throat> I would say they're not called to do it. Uh, but that's just me. Tony, thanks for calling in. What's the beef? Hey, Preston. Uh, thanks for taking the call real quick. I guess it's not so much a beef. It's just a uh, an accolade to Preston the Prophet. You had You had mentioned something years ago about a famous place in Tallahassee, which was the Tallahassee Democrat. And and as a business owner, I hate to see a business go down. But in the past few months, we've been working at the Tallahassee Democrat. And who would have thought you had had projected it uh, five, six, seven years ago, that their agenda had been towards the right wing, towards Maddox, Gillum, 
putting stuff out to the public and trying to brainwash us. But walking around in the place now, it was what's once such a great place. And yeah. now it's a mini storage warehouse. And who would have thought a famous place would go down? So I hope it's a good uh, it's a good thing for all the Democrats to see what happens in the long run when they think they're doing right. And uh, with that, uh, thank you much, Preston. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate it. Um, I think you meant to say left wing versus right wing because they did not ever. Well, they did years and years ago. They were a fair and balanced newspaper, but that it evolved and turned into into rubbish. And that's what it's become, literally. It's kind of funny that way. Um, but sad what's happened to so many good people that worked there over the years. All right, uh, Ken, then Robert, then Walter, and then you, 850-205-WFLA. It's time. Final segment of therapy for us this Friday. What's the beef? And we go back to the phone lines, and Robert has been very patient. Good morning, Robert. Thank you so much for hanging in there. And what's on your mind? What's your beef? Hello. Uh, I update, uh, by the way, I just bought another gun from Kevin's, which is hard to find. Good uh, on you. Well done, sir. Yeah. Yeah, uh, MP22 mag, 30-round clip. Wonder what that's going to be used for. Invasion, both borders, funded by U.S. taxpayer dollars. Veterans Administration paying for illegal uh, meds. That's treason. You feel better? A little bit, yeah, but I'm going to have a uh, vodka here in a minute, and then I'll feel real good. Oh, my gosh. Take twenty three in the morning, brother. East Coast time. Give it a give it a minute. Thanks so much for calling into the program. Let's go to Walter. Walter, uh, you are you. <laughs> Good hey, luck following that, Walter. Good luck. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. What's the beef? Okay. Yeah, um, my beef is with the insurance company that. The health insurance marketplace has forced me on new this year, well, actually the end of last year, and their lack of concern for people's stuff that they need medically necessity as a diabetic on a cough. Um, they started out with not getting me my insulin for, for over a month. Oh, my. And then the next thing is the sensors. I'm still waiting that I have to have the firm to use my pump. They have, they keep telling me, well, we've got the, the uh, prescription for it, and it's another company, not just the insurance company. Well, we've got the prescription for it, but we've turned it over to leadership, and we marked it as urgent. Well, my, my sensor runs out Monday, and they still haven't shipped anything to me. And I can't use the pump without the sensor. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there, there's no 1-800 emergency line or anything to call? Well, I, I called into the local rep for the people that actually make the sensors, and she, I'm hoping she's going to call me back today. And I'm also going to call that company directly and get them to see if they can overnight me one to get me till the other ones. Give me another week to wait for them to ship the 
from J&B Medical is the name of the company that the insurance forced me to give it from. My suggestion to you, Walter, is don't let it go past 10 a.m. Make sure you're making some calls by 10 because uh, if you're going to try to use some overnight mail, they got to get it out there to uh, to the delivery service by noontime at least, usually. But uh, get out there, get busy, and uh, we'll be we'll be hoping and praying for the best for you, Jason. You are you are the second to the last caller. What's the beef? Oh, cool. Thank you, guys. I love your show. Um, my my beef is with our administration, and as you call them, the resident. Date or what's the last one, man? Ninety four billion uh, bill. Calling it border defense. For Ukraine, yeah, I've I don't seen, understand it. Yeah, I've, I, uh, Grant sent me a, a a meme or a drawing out there showing, you know, basically let's just call you know Taiwan and and Ukraine and and these nations that we're funding. Let's just say that's what we're calling the the uh, states along the southern border. <laughs> oh man, oh poor Sweden, they just joined NATO. I think that's uh, going to be another Russian proving ground. Could end up. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate the phone call, brother. Let's go to Andrew. You are it, my man. You are the caboose on this train. What's the beef? Uh, I have two beefs, actually, if I may. Go ahead. Uh, the first beef is with this fake national anthem uh, that was played at the Super Bowl. Yes, lift every voice um, and sing. Yeah, I'm I'm not black, so I don't ascribe to that national anthem. I'm an American, and I, I think if the uh, shoe was on the other foot, and we had a white national anthem, uh, it wouldn't go over well. But um, my second beef is I deliver baked goods to the local supermarket. Yeah, and I'm sick and tired no pun intended, of seeing people still wearing masks. It's 2024, and, I mean, come on, y'all. Let's get it together, especially if you're a man. Man up, take that mask off, and, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's put that behind us. Let's get over that. Thank you, brother. Appreciate the call. Have yourself an awesome weekend. Uh, you know, back to that lift, lift what, every lift every voice and sing. Not even most blacks consider that their national anthem. Most black Americans consider the national anthem their national anthem. They see that as division. You see how few people stood? That that might be the... Yeah, I saw some, some of the uh, activists out there going nuts because so many people didn't stand. Whatever. 28 minutes after the hour, let's do the best and the worst. Some good news, a dad joke, headlines for the B. A busy half hour. Don't you dare leave us. It's still the morning show with Preston Scott. The morning show with Preston Scott. Oh, mercy me. Best and worst of the week. Uh, supplants the big stories in the press box on Friday. But we thank Restore Carpet Care and Tile for their support, encouragement of this fine radio program, which has been part of the landscape of this community and beyond 
for 22 years as of this March 18th. Monday, March 18th will be our 22nd anniversary. I'm not expecting any cake, any balloons, any M&Ms. I still have M&Ms left over from show 5,000. 5,000 M&Ms. I still have them. I, people were saying, that'll be gone. That'll be gone by, by December. No, no. Look at that. But it's time for the best and worst of the week. Grant, go. Worst of the week. <coughs> Probably this right here. I was just going to say, you got that down. I apologize for my aloofness on this Friday episode of the morning show because I go a couple sentences <coughs> and I have to get that out of my system. Hence my silence on many sentences and segments and you name it. Anyway. Is that is that your worst of the week? Though? That's worst of the week, yep. Okay. Best of the week. It's funny, that was my best of the week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just teasing. Go ahead. Go Savage. ahead. Savage. Best of the week. I saw this headline. Jared Kushner affirms his choice to abstain from returning to Trump's White House should Trump get reelected. And I was like, whoa, massive white pill. You love to see it. Why? Kushner's had some weird policy advocacy. He and his wife, um, what's it, Ivanka? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a little odd to me. They're a little funky. They've got some weird connections that in their recommendations for cabinet members and things like that. Politically speaking, they kind of swing both ways. Uh, could appear that way. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, so him saying that he doesn't want to be involved. Good news. All right. Fair enough. My, uh, my best of the week, Valentine's Day. It's an awesome day. Just had a, enjoyed a heart-shaped pizza with my sweetheart and just chilled. I, I prepped a little early and had a little time to just relax and enjoy time with my sweetheart in the middle of the week. And that was just lovely. It was just a lovely day. However, that leads to the worst of the week. I can't eat like I want to. <laughs> I want to eat every piece of chocolate I can find. I want to eat the whole pizza. I don't want to stop at one slice or two slices. I want to eat all of it. Oh. I, that's that's the thing. I, I've just those kinds of holidays remind me that I I do love to eat, and I man, I used to put away food, and and I mean, I'm not talking about you know now being a chunky chunky, you know having a little bit too much of fat on my body. I'm I'm you know I'm working at it, but. When I was a kid, man, I could chow down. It's not like a, a life-changing thing here, but I do miss. And that's my worst of the week. I can't eat like I want. Come back with a good news segment here on The Morning Show. This is The Morning Show with Preston Scott. Forty-two minutes past the hour. Remember, we are off on Monday's radio broadcast. We are uh, taking President's Day, but back Tuesday, Sal Nuzo will be with us via the phone line. 
He's got a conference in the West. He's going to actually get up early and join us. He said, I stay on my time when I travel. So uh, he will he will join us. I bet that's fun at nighttime if, if, if the conferencees are having an evening event at local evening time and he's used to going to bed. Anyway, but that's that's Tuesday on the program, as well as a little preview of the Convention of States rally, which is coming up Tuesday afternoon at the state capitol. But first... Say, uh, do you have any good news for a change? So much despair! It's time for some good news! It's true. Even I need a little good news now and then. Wouldn't it be lovely if we had just a little bit of good news? Yeah. By golly, it it would be lovely. This is going to lead into a little bit of a public service announcement for tomorrow. Waveland, Mississippi. 76-year-old Danny Chauvin. He's a military vet, U.S. Army veteran. Lost his beloved wife. And he didn't know what to do with his time. And so he decided that... um, He didn't want to just be sitting, so he came up with an idea. He missed doing the little projects that his wife would ask him to do around the house, so he created a little Facebook presence called Honey Doo Dude. He's on Facebook, Honey Doo Dude. And quoting Danny, I started helping women free of charge with honeydews that they're not able to do for themselves. Gets me out of the house, keeps me busy, helps me meet new friends. If you know someone that needs help with a honeydew job, give them my information. I'll be happy to see if I can help. The reviews are just overwhelming. But just for a second, I just want you to just think about that now and let's let's hold on to that. That's an idea. I got time. I'm skilled. I'm able to... um, to fix stuff well there's one thing you can do put yourself out there in your community wherever you live your neighborhood let them know i'm i'm here to help i'm not going to charge anything uh you know you provide the materials i'll take care of the rest whatever so now we come to tomorrow which is national random act of kindness day we talked about it earlier this week here in leon county where we make home it is um it's the Leon County Joy Squad that's going to be doing things. They um, they said challenge listeners to their own random act of kindness. Maybe a thank you note for the postman, FedEx, UPS, Amazon delivery driver. Maybe paying for the person's order behind them in the drive-thru. Maybe buying a candy bar for the cashier as they check out. Maybe offering to help a neighbor with yard work, thanking servers for working that day. Just get creative and encourage and help out so let's just add that all up together it fits with what we do on this program with the mad radio network make a difference find a way just do something cool it's random act of kindness day now the challenge is going to be don't make it so random maybe find something that's going to be your thing that you do to help others make this place just a little nicer restore the faith in humanity for some and that after all would be 
some good news. get to headlines from the bee which i've already been reading and laughing at time for a dad joke we got to arm you with a dad joke so you can share it this weekend i had a nightmare that i drowned in an ocean of orange soda but thankfully it was just a fantasy <laughs> just here to help Time for some headlines, ladies and gentlemen. We look forward to it each and every week. Headlines courtesy of the Babylon Bee. Theologians confirm trumpet blast at Christ's coming will be playing the final countdown. (laughs) Horrifying study finds more trans people have pretend died under DeSantis than any other governor in history. (laughs) He's trying not to laugh. San Franciscans loot slightly more than usual following Super Bowl loss. (laughs) Sinners relieved to learn Jesus gets them and they don't have to repent or change their lives in any way. That's not satire. That's (laughs) video. Satan. He gets us. (laughs) Bingo. There's the follow up. United Nations warns Israeli attack on Rafah could lead to more hostages being rescued. Houston PD says we may never know the motive of church shooter who wrote Free Palestine on gun. (laughs) What could he have possibly meant? On Ash Wednesday, domestic extremists all helpfully label themselves for FBI. Devout Catholic Joe Biden gives up cognitive tests for Lent. (laughs) Rest in peace. Deceased Pop-Tarts inventor lowered vertically into slot in the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Elmo Larry David feud escalates as Grover kills George Costanza in (laughs) drive-by. What? I need context for this. I'm new. Mary embarrasses Jesus by getting out old stained glass windows of him as a baby. (laughs) And Biden says he can't remember a single time when his memory has failed him. (laughs) Headlines from the Pavilion B. Brought to you by Barino Heating and Air. It's the Morning Show 180 on WFLA. Oh, mercy me. Look back at the radio program in 180 seconds or less. Our verse today, Galatians 2.20. Speaking of, didn't you play a Mercy Me song this morning? I did. Boom. You didn't even know that you just dropped that, like, reference. You know, when you get you, when you get as good as I am, it just oozes <laughs> just, out unintentionally. Just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, But yes, I did. I did start with the Mercy Me song, which will not be on the podcast due to copyright issues. So it's edited out. If you want to hear that stuff, you got to listen to the beginning of the show from the very, very beginning live. It's not available. It's one of those bonus things that we do ever so often. Uh, NCAA official resigns over transgender takeover. He calls it a massive authorized cheating. 
uh, William Bach. We're going to try and get him on the program soon. Lawmakers pass in the Florida House by a margin of 113 to 3. There will be no left lane hogs anymore if it passes the Senate, which it's expected to. So January 1st, a year from now, it's over. Can't sit in the left-hand lane just the way it is. Um, Passing a committee by a vote of 25 to 0 will be an outlawing of handheld devices being used in your motor vehicle. So you're just going to have to, it can't be in your hands, period, just the way it is. I'm asking who's going to be enforcing any of this. I mean, we have a don't text and drive law right now, and it's not enforced. Probably because some of the law enforcement officers are busy on their phones while they're... Never mind. National security concerns on the rise. Chinese migrants crossing the southern border, 20,000 since October. 20,000. 90% of those in the San Diego sector. Miami Bookshop that uh, ran out of Fox News journalist is now out of business. They closed the doors. Woke, meat, broke. Talked about some polling and a bunch more. So uh, make sure you check out the podcast. Have an awesome week. Remember the blog page, and we'll be back Tuesday.